0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, America has its first openly gay Winter Olympian. The Human Rights Campaign has released its state-by-state annual report on LGBT rights and protections. There's a possible once-a-week pill for HIV patients on the horizon. And a Wisconsin school district is dropping its challenge to a transgender student's lawsuit for bathroom privileges. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. Let's start with some good news. After missing out on the 2010 and 2014 Olympic teams, 28-year-old Adam Rippon made history this week as he became the first openly gay U.S. athlete to qualify for the Winter Olympics. It's also notable that it's been 82 years since an American male made his Olympic debut at that age. But the achievement doesn't come without some controversy. After an exceptional short program at the U.S. Nationals this week, Ripon fell during the free skate on his opening quad jump. He also missed two critical triple jumps. Those mistakes landed him in fourth place. But the U.S. Nationals, while important, don't dictate the Olympic team. Due to his strong international resume, he was chosen for the team instead of U.S. Nationals second-place finisher Ross Miner, who clearly had the long skate of his career on Saturday night. Miner was named to the team as an alternate, so he will make the trip to South Korea. Rippon joins 2018 national champion Nathan Chen, who won with a 40-point lead over his competitors. The third member of the men's U.S. team will be 17-year-old Vincent Zhou, who claimed the bronze medal and many believe to be the future of American men's figure skating. Ripon told reporters, I'm really grateful that the selection committee looked at my body of work over the last two seasons. I feel that my experience will help me have the best performances at the Olympic Games, and it feels amazing to say that. Rippon, who came out in 2015, also spoke about how much the moment means to him and the LGBTQ community, saying this, I think in this day and age, it's so important for you to be proud of who you are. I can't believe I am where I am today. I was just a little gay kid in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Growing up, I didn't have a lot of role models. I said if I was ever given a platform and had a chance, I would share my story. In addition to his world class skating skills, we can also look forward to his fresh and lively personality via his Twitter account. For instance, just before the US Nationals this past week, Ripon tweeted, I was recently asked in an interview what it's like to be a gay athlete in sports. I said that it's exactly like being a straight athlete. Lots of hard work, but usually done with better eyebrows. (laughs) Which I love. So congratulations to Adam and the whole U.S. Olympic team. We'll be cheering for you. More good news. A Wisconsin school district has agreed to pay $800,000 to settle a transgender high school student's discrimination lawsuit. Ash Whitaker, a former Trimper High School student, had sued the Kenosha Unified School District in July 2016 for banning him from the boys' bathroom, subjecting him to daily surveillance, and threatening disciplinary action for using the boys' bathroom. Whitaker graduated high school in June of 2017, days after the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in favor of his challenge against the school district and upheld a lower court's decision, allowing him to use the boys' bathroom for his senior year. Awesome. Now, as part of the settlement, the school district has withdrawn its U.S. Supreme Court appeal, challenging that decision. The settlement also permits Whitaker to use the men's restroom if he ever returns to the campus as an alumnus or a community member. The school board recently voted 5-2 on the $800,000 settlement with Whitaker. Of that, approximately 650000 will go towards Whitaker's attorney's fees and about 150000 will go to Whitaker. Another win for the good guys. In international news, a new poll of 1,600 people in Russia conducted by the Levada Center found that 83% of Russians, regardless of age, think gay sex is, quote, always reprehensible or, quote, Almost always reprehensible. Wow. Mm. Only 8% of those surveyed expressed no disapproval of homosexuality. Intolerance against LGBTs has increased exponentially over the past two decades in Russia. In 1998, 68% of Russians found gay sex reprehensible. In 2008, that number had risen 8 points to 76%. Of course, this isn't happening out of thin air. Over recent years, Russia has passed its notorious gay propaganda law, prohibiting any positive portrayal or endorsement of, quote, non-traditional sexual relations. Since the passage of that law in 2013, hate crimes against LGBTs has doubled in Russia. Plus, as you'll remember, I've reported extensively over the past year about the rounding up torture and murder of gay and bisexual men in Chechnya, a semi-autonomous republic under Russian control. According to reports over the past several months, over two dozen men had been killed in such activities. Russia, we're going to need you to work on this. But we've also got some work to do here at home, folks. For example, the U.S. Supreme Court has chosen not to review a Mississippi law that allows businesses and government workers to refuse services to LGBT folks based on religious beliefs. Not one but two appeals filed by state residents and organizations asserted the legislation violates the Constitution. But a federal appeals court said the opponents hadn't suffered any specific injury yet that would be grounds for claims in court. The Mississippi law gives priority to religious rights over any public accommodations. The law, which was passed less than a year after the historic 2015 Supreme Court Obergefell ruling that brought same-sex marriage to the entire nation, says folks who claim religious opposition to marriage equality can't be sued or penalized by the government for declining to provide services for same-sex marriage ceremonies. Under the law, critics say that government workers will be able to refuse to issue same-sex marriage licenses, and it lets adoption and foster care organizations decline to place children with LGBT families. The law also protects people who object to sex out of wedlock. In its essence, the statute unlawfully places religious positions over the constitutional right to equal protection. This will have to be fixed. In medical news, a new delivery system could make a -a once-a-week HIV medication a reality in just the next few years. Patients would take a capsule that, once it reaches the stomach, would unfold into a star-shaped structure that would slowly release medicine over the course of seven days. The star structure would eventually dissolve and pass through the body. Now, while at present, there are some slow-release drugs that are available to be delivered via injection, most HIV medications are taken on a daily basis after testing on pigs. The next step will be to try the approach on larger mammals, and then hopefully human testing will begin within two years. Convenience is a big factor in the new technology. Giovanni Traverso, a researcher from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, says quote "Changing a medication so it only needs to be taken once a week rather than once a day should be more convenient." and improve compliance. Studies show that when HIV patients take their medication on a regular basis, they can find their viral loads dropping to undetectable levels. And as we've learned in the past year, undetectable means untransmittable. The Human Rights Campaign Foundation, working with the Equality Federation Institute, has released their annual State Equality Index, A state by state report on statewide laws and policies that affect LGBTQ people. The report examines statewide LGBTQ related legislation and policies in several areas, including relationship recognition and religious refusal laws, parenting laws and policies, non discrimination laws and policies, youth related laws and policies, hate crimes, and health and safety laws. Once completed, Each state is assigned to one of four distinct categories. In the top spot, 13 states and the District of Columbia rate the highest. In a category titled Working Toward Innovative Equality are California, Colorado, Connecticut, District of Columbia, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, my state, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington. In the second spot, there are five states in the category named solidifying equality, and those are Delaware, Iowa, Maryland, New Jersey, and New Mexico. Coming up with a bronze are five states in the category building equality, and those are Hawaii, Indiana, New Hampshire, Utah, and Wisconsin. And then in fourth place, there are 27 states that have a lot of work to do. In the category named High Priority to Achieve Basic Equality are Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, this is a long list, kids, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 27. Oy. Additionally, human rights campaign polling data collected by Hart Research Associates shows that... 59% of likely voters nationwide support laws that would prevent discrimination against LGBTQ people in the workplace. And 58% support protections in housing. Interestingly, 38% of voters interviewed for the poll believe that these protections already exist. This is why it's important to have this information and that we can share it with our friends and family in a civil discourse so that people who might believe that we're already protected by laws will find out no such thing. I want to give a quick shout-out to Australia, where same-sex marriage finally began this week. Australia is now the 26th country in the world to extend marriage rights to same-sex couples. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi, oi! Also, while I can't share it on a podcast, make sure you check out the new terrific ad spot by Head and Shoulders Old Spice featuring woofy out Olympic freestyle skier Gus Kinworthy. In the spot, Gus reflects on all kinds of pride that rests on his shoulders as he gets ready for the upcoming Winter Olympics, including Pride of Community, while he's holding a rainbow flag. You can find it on therandyreport.com. And finally, There is a passing of the torch happening on Broadway beginning today as Bette Midler, David Hyde Pierce, and Taylor Trench will take their final bows in the uber-successful revival of Hello, Dolly. I made my Broadway debut as an actor in the 1995 revival of Hello, Dolly with the legendary Carol Channing. It's truly a marvelous musical valentine. It was thrilling to see Bette Midler headline this gorgeous new revival of Jerry Herman's wonderful musical. Bernadette Peters will be assuming the title role beginning January 20th, along with out-actor Victor Garber as the half-a-millionaire Horace Vandegelder. Charlie Stemp will take over the role of Barnaby Tucker as Taylor Trench moves over to another huge hit on The Great White Way, taking on the title role in Dear Evan Hansen. Kudos to the fabulous Miss Midler for her run in the show. Over the course of 277 performances and 554 standing ovations, she also takes home a Tony Award for her efforts. Bravo! And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, I constantly see folks asking friends on social media for podcast recommendations. I'd love it if you recommend The Randy Report for people who want to catch up on LGBT news. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.